Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Good morning, friends. You're tuned into episode 99 of Gamer Heroes, the weekly show where we talk about news, reviews, and anything else happening in games today. My name's Cam Koenig. With me, as always, is my boy, Thomas Egan. It me. We're getting it. We're at 99. That is... Wait, hold on. That's almost 100. That is almost 100. Um, quick, just kind of show housekeeping. Uh, we will not be having a show next week. I'm going to be on vacation. So we're just going to take that week off and then come back and hopefully do something cool for 100. Heck yeah, we don't have anything planned yet, but no, but we, we perform well under pressure. I think uh, I I only perform well under pressure. That's I, that's that's very relatable. I'm kind of joking a little. A little oh, bit. I'm not joking. I yeah. perform very well under pressure. It's kind of bad. Yeah, it's really bad. my girlfriend knows I absolutely will not clean anything in our house on purpose unless I have a deadline. Mm-hmm. And if I have a deadline, I'll clean that whole house. It's going to be great. Yeah, but I'm, I'm uh, kind of with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to do anything without a deadline. Yeah. So, video games have been happening. Video games are pretty um, cool. I am going to go ahead and just get up front and say that I have not played as much Fire Emblem as I would have liked. Um, I was hoping that I would be able to kind of do a bit of a dive into it this week because I did pick it up when it came out this past Friday. And I am enjoying the two hours that I've played of it so far. Um, I know it's I know it's probably going to be very much my bullshit because uh, the term that I've heard describe it is essentially persona plus harry potter but also like your typical like fire emblem tactical trappings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh yeah i i would love to say more about it but i spent all weekend like working on getting my twitch stream up and running which is pretty exciting and i did a test stream on sunday i and it was a lot of fun i like everything i've seen so far thank you Thank you. It's quite I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into like the GeoCities Windows XP kind of a thing, like really hard. Like I've got a, I've got that like a green like hillside that's like the default Windows XP startup thing, and it plays a Backstreet Boys MIDI under that, and it just says "Sup Nerds" and like all red lowercase Comic Sans because I hate myself. You're but, like the guy who's preserving all those Flash games, right? Like you're just like, hey, I'm I'm streaming, but also don't forget the internet was around in like 1999. I did find out as part of this process something that I think is incredible is that there is a GeoCities GIF search engine. GIF, oh, 
I usually say GIF. I, I think I just said GeoCities GIF because it's all right, the well, soft cheese, whatever. Jun. There's a search engine for that. Like you just type in what you want. So if you type in Flaming Skull, like you should, into, I forget what it's called. I think it's called GIF Cities or something like that. GIF Cities. But if you type that in there, yeah. it's just going to pull up a whole bunch of stuff. And then it links to websites that are still live or like links to websites through the i think it's through the internet archive using the wayback machine so you can like see those sites back when they were back, still up yeah and you can just cool. go and save the gifts and it's really great <laughs> that is really great it is like it really almost is like preservation like uh, totally there are plenty of people who have never seen any of that stuff before yeah the internet archive is a really cool organization if you guys aren't familiar with it they just preserve as much of the internet as they can like you can listen to every listen to watch every single bob ross joy of painting episode on there like they're obviously on twitch now but Mm -hmm. yeah i had a lot of fun like putting that together and kind of working on a creative project that wasn't like this show or challenge mode or some other stuff that i'm working on It, it was a neat challenge for me to put that together and i had a lot of fun doing it just spending a bunch of time trying to find the perfect gif i spent like 30 minutes trying to find the perfect backstreet boys midi which is very Wait, on, did you have a lot of options or did you a have a lot of options really? actually yeah uh see so yeah, that's cool uh if you want to check that out uh, uh i'm gonna be streaming plug 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 uh tuesdays thursdays and sundays for, uh, 7 p.m central so come hang out twitch.tv slash cam koenig i'd love to see you it's the it's it's the love and appreciation zone, as I so affectionately recall it. It's a good positive place, and toxicity can get the fuck out. So, oh yeah, baby, yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, I, I fired that up on Sunday, played some Enter the Gungeon just because I'm really familiar with it, and was able to get some stream testing stuff. And surprisingly, everything worked perfectly, which means the rest of my streams are probably just oh, gonna yeah, be yeah. fucked. It's so, gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, it's gonna be just sure. absolutely terrible. But it was cool. Uh, it was fun. It made me feel kind of like a little shot of self-esteem that I was finally able to get something like that working. And even though I threw it together, it was a decently high quality, which was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, yeah, I haven't really been playing a whole lot. I've been dabbling in Fire Emblem, but it's always like right before I'm about to sit down for bed. And like if I'm really tired, I'm not giving that game the full attention it really kind of needs or deserves. But mm-hmm. You know, I picked the blue house if that matters to anybody. I, a lot of people are going with the other two. So is it same colors as Pokemon? Blue, yeah, yellow, it, it and totally red? is. Yeah, and you, like, you, it forces you to kind of pick that information. Like, you have to like commit to one of the houses because you're a professor in this at this like officers' academy, and you commit to one of these houses, and you were like their like professor there essentially homeroom teacher for lack of a better term and the game just straight up is just like all right cool pick one and it's like you've met the three kids in charge of it but you haven't really got to know them that if you ask if you go talk to the people in charge they're like hey here's this person here's kind of their vibe here's what i think of them here's like just kind of what other people think of them which is helpful but you don't have near enough information to kind of decide by that point so it's like all right cool yeah Uh, pick and live with your choices which i guess is kind of a fire emblem thing you know, but I am planning on going back to it. We're uh, me and Amy are going to Portland this weekend, so oh, I'll yeah, definitely nice. be able to play a whole lot of it on the plane and maybe the thing like a drive I'm or something. I'm most interested in because there seems to be a lot of cool stuff going on in that game. I've heard a lot of praise for it. Um, is if you go through all of one of the houses, is it worth it to go back 
if you have relatively limited time to game, is it would it be worth it to go back and try one or both of the other houses? Yeah, and I, I can't really speak to that yet. Um, the reviews that I've seen are uh, they're all these all people who really like make time for stuff like this, you know. But uh, a lot of the reviews that I've seen, because this game is reviewing incredibly well, uh, they are talking about how they wanted to go back and play the rest of it because that way they kind of got like the full like story from all the perspectives because there's a lot of things that happen depending on a lot of things happen and you get different perspectives depending on like who is in your house and stuff like that Uh, is it um if you go through one house have you beaten the game like if you go back to do another house do you start at the beginning of the game do you start after you've finished one of the houses so if you start with blue and then you start on red are you living in a world where blue has already been completed i would imagine not um just because i feel like this game is very much going to be a story from beginning to end i feel like it would just be yeah. you just start another save right like that's, going that's kind of what i think back it would three be days and yeah. majora's mask sure just being like okay well i did that storyline i'll let them do their thing in the background now i'm gonna focus on these guys right 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 and i think I don't think who you side with like drastically changes the story. Then again, I don't know. I've played two and a half hours of this game, but yeah. from the reviews that I've seen, there's a lot of things that you you just get like additional perspectives and stuff like that as you kind of go on through the story. That's and cool. The combat is just you know what you would expect from a Fire Emblem. It's like turn based, tactical, grid based. Uh, is there permadeath in it? There Fire is, has always but had that, it's right? not a requirement. There's a classic mode where if any of like your students that are under you, they die in battle, they're just fucking gone. Um, but there's also... I'm playing on casual just because I, I, I don't really feel like I should need to subject that to myself if I really just want to like get involved with the characters, get to know them, get to know yeah, the story. Yeah, sure. And I, I like that that's an option. Yeah. And the fact that you can still play it classically is great you know i um, might do it depending on like how much it's grabbed me i have kind of almost intentionally been distancing myself from it this weekend because i wanted to get that stream stuff done yeah and i knew that if fire emblem really got its hooks in me i just would not be able to put it down yeah hear that um you know that uh, i really like how games are offering uh these choices to do stuff like that um without compromising the integrity of the game right so totally. uh as much as i've spoken about accessibility uh, it's nice that even like a game like Cadence of Hyrule has the option to skip the tempo stuff altogether um, and allow you to move about the the world at your own pace. But in that game, instead of having to move on rhythm and the monsters always move on the rhythm no matter if you mess it up or not, um, in the like free roam mode, you can move as quickly or as slowly as you want, but every time you take a step, the monster, you know, it's as if a moment in the beat has passed right um so it still has like plenty of gamification to it uh but if you're really struggling with that um that's really nice like when we were trying to play in the movie theater uh, a few weeks ago like a fool i tried to put that game up on the screen instead of on a monitor first mm-hmm. um and it, it's a rhythm game you can't do that that's like yeah playing no rock there's band. hella latency yeah Which, can you do I, I haven't fired up cadence of viral yet is there like a calibration thing you can do to it yes but it's just not it just doesn't work with the no. delay on a movie theater I, no I understand it'll that. never work it's just absolutely not designed for it mm-hmm. um i tried recalibrating it several times and the 
the the results were wildly different every time. Like I, wildly I can absolutely different. relate to that as somebody who has played a fuckload of rock band and Guitar Hero. <laughs> like if you bring it to somebody's place, because like, hey, bring out Guitar Hero or something to this like cool party. You know, mm-hmm. the types of parties at least I would go to in like high school. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I would do that and be like, oh, we got this on this projector. I'm like, this is never gonna work. No, like it, it kind of does. It's like this is a cool it's, novelty, it's, but yeah, nah, dog. Yeah, it's totally. gonna be a no for me. Well, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, Fire Emblem. I'm glad that they added the ability to either do the, you know, kind of core the classic mm-hmm. uh, Fire Emblem mode where permadeath is a thing because that's the the first thing I re- remember learning about Fire Emblem was oh if somebody dies they're gone forever yeah that's that's kind of the big thing that was always a big takeaway from me too like I didn't know I think this may have been something that was introduced in a previous one this is my first Fire Emblem game oh nice um, I've never actually played one I I never had either and I just really wanted to check this out because I feel like I've just been putting it off long enough you know mm-hmm. I, I'm actually surprised this is. Uh your first time me too playing it. actually and so are a lot of people yeah it's like you haven't played these it this seems is like your game, bullshit yeah it seems like a game that totally it, it, um, even as long as i've known you now or as short as i've known you, you know, sure uh i always just assumed that you had like it, yeah no that's a totally fair assumption I was like, like i'm into that one. weeby <laughs> bullshit and getting to know characters like that's what those games are yep. at least the modern iterations of them yeah and then i know like jimmy's into a bunch of that stuff too mm-hmm. uh jrpgs for days same um yeah, so I'm surprised. Well, that's exciting. Uh, then I'm extra interested to hear more about that. Yeah, hopefully I will have some more stuff. Obviously not next week because we are not recording, but maybe for episode 100, depending on what we do. Who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to jump back more into it. Um, hearing about people talk about it constantly online is making me feel like, all right, I want to just fucking get going with this, you yep. know. So hopefully that'll be soon. Um, I'm probably not going to play that on stream just because I feel like that would be boring of just me sitting there reading a game and not actually like listening to like the chat and all that stuff and uh, interacting with them but i mean perhaps i don't think i'd be able to do i don't think i'd be able to pull it off but well i, I, I thought people wouldn't like watching me die over and over and over and over and over in god of war but the people in the chat were just like hey don't you know don't sweat it Which, i feel like you I know feel like that's different though yeah i mean this one's more of a i need to devote my entire focus to it and yours is just kind of a repetition grind. thing which is different that's yeah. totally different people like the grind people yeah. don't like people staring at a screen reading <laughs> at least i don't think so yeah but um speaking of kind of a bit of a weird bummer i have with it is that the text is too fucking small oh it's too fucking accessibility. small accessibility come yeah, on no totally and uh I follow uh, Steve Saylor on Twitter. He's uh, He goes by The Blind Gamer. He mm. does a lot of cool stuff on YouTube. You should all go check him out. He's great. I love him. Is he deaf? Uh, no, he's not. Oh. Um, he, uh, I, him and I were in a thread on Twitter talking to a reporter about just how the text is just too fucking small and it's like a huge bummer for him because like all of the every single or at least most of the lines of dialogue in this game are completely voice acted which what, is what's really this cool. guy's name again real quick steve sailor s-a-y-l-o-r I think, I think i watched something with him specifically he's got blonde hair he's great yep, yep. i think he's actually the the way that i found the uh the panel from uh i can't remember but it was the uh, one with jeff keely and uh on accessibility oh cool like he, I straight up just googled like accessibility yeah, in gaming and he was the guy he is a wealth of knowledge on a lot of that stuff he's really really 
really cool. And it's it's really neat for me to kind of see because I I was frustrated by how small the text was, but then just like listening to his perspective made me realize, oh, like this is actually a complete one hundred percent deal breaker because there's, uh, no, there's yeah. no like menu option to change the size of the text, and the dialogue is voice acted, but the menus aren't. Yeah, you know, and, and and even on handheld, I felt like I had my screen so close to my face that <sighs> it was probably causing some damage. Yeah, but it. It, that yeah, stinks. It, it's a bummer, um, and I hope that's something that gets patched out. But I, I'm not really holding my breath. Uh, well, hey, um, uh, can I transition to uh, something I yeah, wanted to bring? I think I am good. That is my Fire Emblem 15 minutes. Uh, cool. Then, I mean, hey, I'm here for it. 15 minutes is no time at all. Uh, speaking of accessibility, so I watched, did not play, but watched uh, gameplay of the game called Griftlands. Mm-hmm. Griftlands is FT in it. I think so. Uh, I had never heard of it before. Yeah, Griftlands. Um, looks cool. Uh, first of all, the first thing I thought when I saw it was like, this is a cam-ass game. This is like cam up and down. Yeah, I I haven't seen anything of it, but I was listening to Waypoint Radio talk about it this past weekend. Who oh boy. They uh, said deck builder, and I'm like, fuck, all yeah. right, you got me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm just going to, while I talk, I, I muted this. I'm just going to let you look okay. at what yeah, it Okay, yeah, just like. pass me your phone here. Um but uh, cool game. You well. So first of all, this the the segue is that the text in the video I was watching. No matter what resolution I put it on, it's really small text. It is really small. There's a lot of yeah. small numbers and and stuff. So I pretty much just had to go by their commentary uh, based on you know to read some of the stuff that was going on, uh, and that bugged me. But the game is still in early access, so I can't you know actually be angry yet because there's plenty of time to fix that stuff. Uh, but so Griftlands, what this game is, it's uh, it looks like a visual novel. Like, well, the the way that I imagine them. So the game takes elements of Pyre. Pyre by Giant Bomb, same people who made or uh, not Super that, Giant. Super Giant. Yes. <laughs> How could I mix those up? <laughs> uh, by Super Giant, people who made Bastion, Transistor, uh, Hades. Uh, Pyre is a game that I really wanted to like. The mm-hmm. soundtrack is fantastic. Um, the I, I think the I'd never played a visual novel before where you basically just talk through and make small decisions with all these characters. Never played a game like that before. Uh, really enjoyed that stuff. You make some small decisions that that end up having consequences, but it focused around this gameplay mechanic where you played like a sport that I very much didn't like. Every time I got to that part, I was just like, oh no, I wish I could just skip this. Because uh, I liked everything else in it. So it was a bummer that I didn't spend that much time playing it. Uh, it bounced off. But this game, Griftlands, takes a lot of those elements that I liked. Um, the visual style I really like. It's it's cartoony in like an 80s yeah, kind I'm, of way. I'm watching like the dialogue as it kind of goes on. And it really feels like it would be something like you would see on Cartoon Network like nowadays. Like, yeah. It, the it animation's al- fucking awesome. Almost like a... Uh, so I, I really think it, remind, it reminds me of the 80s stuff. It, like uh, Venture Brothers sure, has yeah, animation. It's got like that, a heavy metal kind of a yes, look to it. that's yeah. exactly right. So I like that. Uh, it's on some other fictional planet. Uh, kind of a sci-fi dune-y sort of, you know, desert-y looking planet, I think. Um, but I am intrigued by the art style. So what you do is you uh, play through. It's basically a roguelike where... No matter what you do, if you die, um, you restart. But when you restart, much like Into the Breach, you can save some of your progress to bring with you on this new character. Um, There are lots of details I don't know, but what I do know 
um, is that it comes down to you can either save the decisions you've made talking to people. You know, are, are you going to bribe somebody? Are you going to intimidate them? Are you going to submit? Or are you just going to, like, walk away? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you take quests to try to talk to people or, or go into combat. Um, so you can either carry your decisions over to a new character, which does a bunch of different things, or you can carry some of your stats over. So basically what the game revolves around is the this card game gameplay that looks to me just like slay the spire uh, you've got your cards in the bottom uh you have like one encounter of combat i mean uh, uh how do i describe it well it, it's card combat and mm-hmm. i'm still pretty new to it but um i like the way it all plays out where there are a whole bunch of uh status effects and types of damage and all this stuff and also like into the breach there are lots of tooltips and annotations so you'll somebody will say something and there will be blue text with brackets and if you highlight it it'll tell you exactly what that does your cards are like that conversations are like that and i am super glad that games are getting better at doing that me too oh my there's gosh. just a whole lot to keep track of yeah it, it, and especially with stuff like this if you just make it appear whenever you look like you're intending on using that ability or mm-hmm. want to know what that is even if you just have the symbol but you hover over it and you can see what it is that's totally fine yeah uh, i've been thinking about that all day at work what this game or uh yeah yeah mm-hmm. well i've thinking about the game but i've been thinking about that specifically of how um the game so i i was thinking a lot about into the breach because of this because of those annotations and what i like about it is that the combat is interesting and the the engagements the way that you use abilities and all that they're interesting not because they're complex but because they're clever mm-hmm. the point isn't to make it a math problem you know, it, it's more like a, one of those picture puzzles where you move everything around, you know, and you just have to have an idea of how everything works. And the game wants you to know how everything works. It doesn't want you to memorize everything and try to remember, like, interactions between cards and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I just really like it because you spend less time trying to figure out how to play the game and you spend more time playing the game. I, I'm definitely a big fan of that. One of the things that is really interesting to me is I'm just kind of, like, keeping an eye on this gameplay video is that... The combat, at least the scenario in there, that they're in right now, and I don't know if this is true across all of the combats, quote combats, mm-hmm. is that it's not like you're actually physically harming these people or mm-hmm. this person. You're just like trying to like whittle down their resolve to like make a deal and convince them of something. Mm-hmm. So like your cards are like a zero cost where you have to pay 10 of your currency and it does like two to five quote damage to their like willpower or like their resolve or something i think Mm -hmm. that's a really kind of neat thing yeah so there are two types of combat there's physical combat Mm -hmm. when you're fighting somebody and then there's uh, a resolve battle where you're trying to win an argument and so all the cards will say stuff like swift rebuttal Mm -hmm. you know or or things like that where um it's the the idea that you're really having like a battle of wills uh with these characters and you know, some of them will have weak resolves and you can, you know, easily overpower them or trick them or whatever you want. And then some enemies will have very high resolves. Um, my understanding, though, is that when you lose resolve, it's just gone. Unlike your health, it doesn't just come back. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So even if even if there's a cheap shop, you know, a shopkeeper that's easy to convince, but you didn't do, you know, you just got unlucky and you didn't do that you, well. Maybe you still succeeded, mm-hmm. but you lost a bunch of resolve. Well, that so might like, hurt you. So it's like your character is like kind of shaken from that mm-hmm. kind of experience. That's really cool. Yeah. So even if it's easy, there's some sort of repercussion to it. Uh, so there's that. 
There is actual combat, which uh, looks to me a lot like uh, Slay the Spire, mm-hmm. where it's generally pretty straightforward. You've got some one-use cards. You've got all this stuff. The The way that it was explained in the video is that the more that you use a card, the the stronger it gets. Which oh, so to like me the cards me, like level up and stuff? Yeah. That's th- fucking cool. Again, there's a, I've only watched this. I haven't played it. Um, but it, it reminded me of Ratchet and Clank where it's just like, oh, you right. like this mechanic? Yeah. We're going to make it stronger. God, you were just nailing all the key points on selling me Dude, on this game. <laughs> I am seriously excited about this game. So it has tons of stuff from Pyre that I like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, which is like all that visual storytelling and character interactions. Yeah. Uh, the combat looks like Slay the Spire, which looks cool to me. Like, of course, you've been super hot on it. I haven't played it, but it looks interesting. So I like that. It's got tooltips and understanding and a little bit of roguelike elements of Into the Breach. Looks uh, like this person is upgrading their cards right now. That's cool. That is cool. Uh, I am really into it. Uh, yesterday, I didn't even know what this game was. And then uh, here I am. So uh, I guess I could have opened with this. But uh, so it's called Griftlands. I believe it's only for Steam. Okay. It, it's uh, actually it's in the Epic Game Store. Uh, which is funny. That's just it, it, habit. Sure. Forced to have yeah. it. Uh, but it is in early access oh, okay. on the Epic Game Store. Cool. Um, so I know Slay the Spire launched early access and that was that worked out really well for them. Well, th- I mean, this looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, early access can be really good for a lot of reasons. So do you know if they because I know there's been like a big trend for a lot of people who are kind of, quote, doing early access right. Mm-hmm. Is there like a hey, this is when our next big update is and they have like a timer or something? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Uh, I could probably find out, but I don't know it right That'd now. That'd be cool. And that's like kind of a minor thing. Like, obviously, it, there's a whole bunch of love and care and polish already put into this. Like, it, yeah, looks, it looks incredible. Uh, everything. I definitely oh, want to check this out. The other game I would have thrown elements of is. And uh, um, your phone back there. <laughs> is Reigns. Where, okay. you yeah. know, here's a decision. You can go left or right. You know, of course, Reigns yeah. is like Tinder where you swipe left or swipe right. right. Yeah, I played a game at RTX that was very much kind of like that, but also taken to kind of its logical extreme where like literally every single thing you do is either left or right. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, this has more options, but uh, the interactions. So every single little decision that you make has some sort of repercussion. So uh, in one battle... Uh, you know, or in, in one like battle of wills, you had to pick a side basically. Like somebody wanted you to go beat up somebody, and you had a bunch of decisions of what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, lie to them and say you already did it. Um, actually do it and then come back. Uh, tell them no, I can't do it. Or go to the other person and also have like a bunch of uh, you know, bunch of options there. Like you beat them up, or you pay them to say that you were beaten up, or you just convince them to apologize or something like that. Yeah. And every one of those decisions has an effect somewhere later in the game. So like if you piss somebody off, you know, a few fights later, you'll see somebody who says like, oh, you know, my friend hates you. So if you, you know, if I made you mad and then I'm fighting some dude who turns out to be your friend, he gets a buff because you're mad at me and now he's fighting. That's pretty cool. Um, So lots of stuff like that. So if you, you know, if just, just all sorts of weird, clever unexpected ways of making your your uh your decisions come back into play because uh, it is a roguelite so the game doesn't last forever so you want that stuff to come up a lot uh but because there's so many little decisions there are all sorts of clever ways uh for those to come back and you know oh shit this is a uh, clay entertainment the people who did uh don't starve oh i didn't know that yeah it yeah i'm 100 
thousand billion percent behind this. This seems I really am fucking also cool. Also, this game. Uh, uh, it's fifteen dollars. Looks like on the Epic Game Store. Sweet. Well, I'm gonna get my computer up and running, and uh, this might be the first early access game I, I check out. Yeah, I don't think I've actually bought an early access game yet, sort of like Fortnite, but I don't really think that counts. But uh, yeah, it's is that weird. even still technically early access? And I don't know. I don't PUBG was in beta for I like. I feel like if you have a years. tournament as big as they did this past weekend, it's no longer early access. Uh, um, yeah, so that game's cool. Griftlands. Uh, I suggest looking it up. Anybody who likes any of the stuff that we talk about on this show, um, I would be. I would actually be excited one night if you and I got together and on two different screens just had our games going. And rad. compared and just saw like just how many That'd inter- be cool. ways the interactions can can hit stuff. Uh, I want to stream this. Yeah, I get the this feeling that this cool. is a game that the this longer is a you play it, ass video game. It is. I get the feeling this is the kind of game that the more you play it, like uh, Spelunky was for me, mm-hmm. where I can put fifty hours into this thing and still be seeing brand new things. Well, shit. Like uh, when I was playing Enter the Gungeon this weekend, I found 10 new guns I hadn't seen yet. 10? I've been playing that game for like 200 plus hours just on the Switch. Wow. And That's yeah. awesome. Oh, God. It's so good. That's a game. That game is fucking good. Um, yeah. I, I, I need to stop talking before I just go off on how fucking cool that game is because it's uh, good. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. Um, I have another one, a short one I could talk about. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so also from Giant Bomb. So I watched the Giant Bomb um, unfinished. That's their version of uh, a quick look when it's in early access. Uh, I watched the unfinished for Griftlands. Well, I also watched a real quick look uh, for a game called Horus. Um, so I, okay. I uh, am just going to make you look at that again. Okay. You don't have to watch no very much. Worries. It's this pixel art, like this straight up 8-bit looking game um, that... It's not loading. So oh, well, just keep going. Just keep well, talking. Uh, that is out on PC. Cannot remember if it's Epic Game Store or not. Okay, here we uh, go. But it's out on oh. PC. Oh, it's got like a perspective shift kind of a thing going. What do you got? Show me the screen real quick. It's like flipping oh, around yeah, yeah. and upside down. That's cool. So you, uh, this is a platformer with a bunch of story in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I watched, the platforming could be better. It, it's got stuff that's cool, but it's got some stuff that's just like, well, that just wasn't as polished as it's it probably should have been. Um, yeah, it looks like it's a little floaty. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, what, right. so what is this game? So this game's called Horus. You are a robot uh, kind of servant, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you have your own intelligence, so you are an AI. Um, but you serve, you were made by this guy who, as you play the game, seems to not be a very nice guy. Uh, but Horus is a gentle, trusting soul, and he believes whatever his master tells him. Um, so his master tells him to go and pick up, like, a million pieces of junk or something like that. Just like, I, uh, you know, a huge amount of trash <laughs> just to keep him busy. He, excuse me, he says, uh, he tells Horus that if he collects... You know, a you know million pieces of trash. He will become a real boy, <laughs> like a real oh, yeah. person. I'm, he sounds like a lovely dude. Yeah, and Horace is just like, oh, really? Okay, I'll go collect trash. Um, so that's what you do, and and you navigate this world doing some platform puzzles. You have magnetic feet, so a lot of the platforming involves, uh, well, almost all of it actually involves sticking to the floor, ceiling, and walls 
to avoid all sorts of traps and stuff uh, to climb around and, and uh, collect stuff and solve puzzles. So the platforming seems just okay, but the story is awesome. It's the, the whole game is narrated in like a not quite Microsoft Sam's voice. I mean, it's a straight it's up like robot. It's like very text-to-speech. It is text-to-speech. Cool. Awesome. Um, it, it's text-to-speech, and everything is told from the perspective of Horace. So even when you see other people talking, you're hearing Horace say, and then the man said, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. It, it sound like it makes for some really great deadpan jokes mm. uh, that like it made me laugh out loud several times. It, it just really did a good job of marrying this goofy deadpan text to speech voice with the visuals that you're seeing mm-hmm. and the naivete of, of Horace up against all these people who are clearly either taking advantage of him or making fun of him. And he just has no idea. Like yeah. he's just so trusting and all this stuff. Um, so that, that's very interesting. Um, without spoiling the stuff that I did see in the quick look, because they actually played past, um, you know, normally in a quick look, they play a, a, a chunk of a game yeah. and then go back and replay what they've already done since they know what's going to happen. In this one, they played beyond what they had played before. So it was interesting to see a bunch of plot things happen that were a surprise to everyone. And that game looks super simple. I would call it an indie game, but the like you look at it and it seems like the download should be like one gigabyte, mm-hmm. but apparently the download was 10 gigabytes. Wow. And the, a lot packed in here. Yeah. And the more he kept playing, man, like I, I don't really want to spoil some of the stuff for you, but boy, does that game, is it just full of surprises? Uh, you're, you're doing this platforming and stuff. And at one point your character goes through some, like some tough times, let's say, and he's all mopey and sad. And this guy, this guy who knows like his uh, Horace's servant comes up to you and he says, oh man, you seem pretty bummed out. You know what I do to avoid being bummed out? Play the drums. And you straight up learn to play the drums like rock band style. Like you're playing a rock band minigame. I mini just game. got to that. Holy shit. Yeah, you are not actually kidding. rock band. This is fucking cool. Like what the hell? So it's like in... Uh, uh, in into the no night in the woods mm-hmm. where you do that music mini game that's very similar to that like it just does all this stuff that you're like this wait seems a minute really neat. what yeah this seems really weird and cool and I like that method of storytelling where there's like Dude. either the character itself is narrating it or there's just like an like an omnipotent an omnipresent mm-hmm. narrator like Bastion or something yeah. That shit's cool, and it, this seems really fucking weird. You should. Uh, after we're done recording, you should listen to some of the audio on that. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, I absolutely will. It seems will. very cool. Another game that I had never heard of. Yeah, I no, actually this is the first know. I've heard of that, and that I, I'm going to have to go watch. I want to go watch that quick look so it's I can get really good. more of that and just see what's going on with that. Uh, it seems really I cool. Should, I'll look it up here in a minute uh, who made that, but it's $15. Okay. And just the amount that I saw, boy, that game sure seems worth at least $15. Um, so yeah, that was cool. That stuff was just totally not on my radar. And uh, now I'm excited to, to set up my PC and play. <laughs> I got, You know, I got this PC that's like a workhorse. Yep. And I have barely touched it at all. Yep. And now I'm ready to play these like 8-bit looking indie games on it. Hell yeah, dude. Respect. Yeah. 
I mean, video games are good regardless of how they look most of the time, you know? They are, and I'm a sucker for that minimalism. It's good. So uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we will come back, talk about a couple more things, and wrap it up. Cool. Hey, everyone. This is Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us every Thursday as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts podcast on Apple and Google Play. And if you want to interact with us as a host, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so I put out a call this morning for just some kind of questions or any sort of like topics or anything people might want to go over. And we got one that I think is really neat. And I definitely would like to spend just a little bit of time discussing and just kind of exploring the idea. Um, let me pull up the tweet because I scrolled away from it already because I am that bitch. Here we go. Uh, so at effing Allen on Twitter. Um, oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Uh, he says, The Wolfenstein Youngblood reviews coming in at 7s and 8s and it being considered a disappointment would be an interesting conversation. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's something that we're seeing a whole lot more of lately. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if that's just because there's the... I guess the quantity of games that are, I guess, I, I'm not a big fan of review scores personally. I don't like the idea of assigning a number to something that is very subjective, like all artwork is. Yeah. But th- you, you see, I feel like the quantity of games that are reviewing really high is way higher than it kind of has been, or at least there's more visibility on them. That could have just always been the case, but whenever you have games coming out, like I always usually go back to like 2017 as an example, because that's the year where like a lot of stuff came out that was super important to me. So you've got like your persona fives, you've got your near automatas, you've got so really good. You got breath of the wild. You've got horizon came out then horizon. You've got super Mario odyssey. Like just did God of war come out that year. That's 2018, 2018. That's right. But you just have so much shit coming out. That is like just, banger after absolute banger they started early they started coming out totally like as soon as resident evil 7 came out that year yeah like fuck um yeah it it, it's just really interesting that it, it it almost feels like a game that is pretty good in terms of review scores obviously good is subjective and i anytime i say that i won't don't really think i can stress that fact enough Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting that 
games that I think would have been really kind of praised for how cool and wonderful they are like 10 years ago are now just kind of automatically getting just thrown under the bus as like this game is fucking trash like I, Wolfenstein Youngblood coming out as an example like I, I know there's some things about that game that don't really resonate with me personally but I do think that there's an audience for that game I know some people who have been playing it and are enjoying their time with it but it is definitely like a departure from the series um, and there are some things that just don't really kind of feel right to me personally. I think the shooting is the least interesting part of those Wolfenstein games. I just don't think they play well, but I mean, I, a seven or an eight is still pretty good. Like that's really good. That's, that's great. Right now. Like not everything has to be a nine or a 10 to be considered perfect because perfection just doesn't exist. You know, the scale isn't actually one through 10. It's like six through 10. Sure. And so, you know, that's that's when you get into the argument of like, well, does it matter if it, is it a seven or is it a seven point five? Mm-hmm. Does it matter? You know, and, and then then if it really is a scale from like six to ten, maybe it does matter because it actually widens your scale because anything that's below a six isn't even worth, you know, almost spending your time on. Like, because if it's less than a six, it's probably not that big of a budget mm-hmm. game. Because boy, if it's like a four, then this company is gonna be closing soon you know like i mean nobody survives a release that bad so if if only six to tens matter and you only have you know six seven eight nine ten so five total increments in there um there you're condensing a specific review like to the nearest integer so to speak so uh what that means is like is this a nine is it a 9.5 or is it a 10 those things can matter because there is Mm -hmm. a difference there but also if tons of games are getting nines just all over the place it's like well that what how different is the quality in these games are they all the exact same quality Mm -hmm. or are they different enough that we should be speaking about it with more nuance than this is a nine out of ten you know if you have a bunch of sevens they're all the exact same quality question mark like it's just a weird thing where there is a lot more nuance to this stuff and just slapping a number onto it uh is real simple right uh it's you know it's not black and white yeah it's, but it's, it's very seo friendly like it's very yes. attention grabby like if you see something that has like a metacritic score of like 98 and you're just like oh shit this yeah. game is the shit and most case in most cases that game is incredibly well put together there's a whole lot there like that game then, is going to have a lot more of an appeal to a lot of people because it is you, a lot of like the well-crafted intention comes through on something that you would expect out of like a 9.8 yeah. or a 10 you know yeah, and and there's definitely there is value in it. I, I it frustrates me. I don't like it, but there mm-hmm. is value in it, especially with like Metacritic pr- critic scores, because then it's like, oh, this isn't just one guy who you knew was gonna love it even before he played it, or vice versa. You know, somebody reviewing something and you're like, oh, th- this person reviewed Mass Effect Andromeda and they hated all three of the other ones. Boy, I wonder if they're gonna review this very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and some publications used to be really bad at that, where they would give the same people. Uh, the job to review a specific game where you knew exactly what the score was going to be before the game was even playable, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that... Which is just bad journalism. There's a lot of publications that have shifted from, obviously, like, a magazine model, because those are kind of... Those are essentially dead with the exception of, like, Game Informer, you know? Yeah. But, like, they just had them review literally everything that came in the door, because that's just kind of what people wanted. People just played, like, a bunch of just shovelware shitty license games. Obviously, now, that is fucking impossible. Right. Yeah, because those are those like 
less than six score rating sure. games. And we live in a world, I mean, you and I can't even play half the stuff that we want to play. The people who are reviewing stuff professionally don't have time to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they, there's just not enough time in the day to review stuff that is you know, shovelware, you know? Right. I, I, uh, mm, I, I don't, I think I'm just, just thinking about, like, the nature of a video game review i've done a couple for the heroes podcast site but for the most part i just kind of find myself just having conversations with people about like things that i like about these games things that i wish were a little bit better and -hmm. i think that to me at least is way more valuable yeah um i i there's a whole lot that just rubs me the wrong way about uh people like pouring just essentially their entire like for some cases like years of their lives into this one game and then it comes out and then there's like one thing that somebody doesn't like about it and then they just slap like a seven on it and then people just automatically assume they're bad and i think a lot of that also comes from just people are very used to at least here in the united states the united states grading system where a c which is a 70 is average when if you're looking at like a game review scale, a lot of websites have just straight up said, if we review out a 10, then a five is average. But to a lot of people, that doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've heard a lot of talk about that from like on, on GameSpot, on Giant Bomb, mm-hmm. um, Kotaku a little bit, uh, Polygon a bunch too, where all of them are like, we are very transparent about our review process. So a lot of people are like, you know, I cited the example where you have this one dude who does a review and then he hates it, you know, he, it's just scathing. But then it's, you know, sometimes it'll be like, this was the worst, this was a terrible, terrible game. Seven out of 10. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, mm-hmm. you said this was terrible, right. and you gave it a seven? That seems pretty good. Yeah, that, But then that's somebody great, else will say, this game is amazing, and then they give it a seven. And you're like, what? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was people had conversations like you and I are having right now, and they put out, basically the rule set here's how we come up with our review and uh, i forget how exactly how everybody does this but i know what polygon does or at least did a couple years ago um was they have somebody write a review you know person plays a game they write the review they do not give it a score they take the review they give it to their peers they give it to a bunch of their peers and their peers read it and say you know what based on what you've written here this sounds like uh you know an eight this sounds like a seven Mm -hmm. and they will vote together to come more or less unanimously eventually to a decision on what that score is so the person writes the review then that review is taken and by the board of journalists given a a score that's a, a lot less lopsided than me just one person putting out a score that that represents the opinion of our entire site Mm -hmm. so if it's if it's going to be the opinion of the entire site then uh, you know make that reality sure so i like that i'm all for that a lot of people don't care a lot of people just don't care yeah they don't read that that's what it is and people will go and continuously complain that you know about like the thing i just said a minute ago and Polygon will come out and say, no, but that's not what we do. And you can see our guidelines here. But you can only copy and paste those guidelines. Sure. At some point, people times. just aren't going to read them. Like, they the thing, just don't read them. The thing that's appealing about like a numbered score, especially when it's in one of the extremes, yeah. or even like the Metacritic score, is it's just something quick and easy that anybody can look at and just be like, oh, okay, 
and then they just kind of reduce the quality of that game down to oh a lot of people thought this was bad and it there's a lot of games that I play and love and have loved and probably will continue to love and going forward there are games that I've never even heard about that probably won't review well that I will absolutely adore mm-hmm. and it uh, I don't know the, the whole concept of just assigning a number to and just like reducing all of this work down to hey this this person like it, it, I'm rambling now. But. Well, but it's frustrating. So I have, I have a friend. Uh, you know, if, if he listens to the show, he'll know that I'm talking about him. Um, he can get very frustrated at all sorts of games for all sorts of reasons. Um, you know, I can generally tell what he's going to like before he plays it because I have a pretty good idea generally of what he's into. So when he picked up and when he picked up Sekiro. I was pretty surprised because, boy, he can get mm-hmm. pretty frustrated when games are just brutal like that. And it's a brutal game. I mean, it's like a Dark Souls. So, or, you know, isn't it made by From Software? It's a From game, yeah. So it's a From game. And when he got it, I was totally shocked because not only is it just a brutal game, but there are flaws to it. I mean, games are going to have flaws. But in a game that has that brutality plus some, you know, small little things here or there that are just like, wait a minute, uh, I feel like this should have been better. Well, he tends to focus on those things. Um, but those things, like when he when he was telling me what was frustrating him about the game, it wasn't all... I, did, I mean, I didn't know everything that he was telling me, but a lot of the stuff he was telling me, I already knew from reviews that I had listened to. You know, so... I know he he is a person who does like a review score because he can see the number. Mm -hmm. No matter what the article is, he can scroll down to the bottom and read the last like two or three paragraphs just to get the wrap up, you know, and there's value in that. It's like, we thought we think this is a good game that could use some polish, you know, uh, there's still DLC on the way, so maybe they'll roll out some patches and stuff, you know, stuff like that. And there's definitely value in that. Yeah, I, I definitely can see the value in that. But where he missed it was he should have read the whole article because Mm -hmm. he would have seen the specific parts that I think that he would have recognized that he would he he would have read that and said uh you know what I can see that I'm probably gonna get mad at this right I'm gonna get mad at this yeah and uh I I think um you know he can spend his money how he how he wants but I think he would have been better off buying a different game Mm -hmm. um he's enjoyed Sekiro a lot Sekiro Sekiro? It, sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's like I never know how to One say Yakuza. Yakuza. Right. It's it I think it's Yakuza. Whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah. that's not that's yeah, not yeah. the point. Uh yeah, but but so that's the nuance he missed out on. And it's because he didn't um read the actual article, he just went for the cliff notes. Right. You know. That is the difference between reading a book in college or mm-hmm. just, or you know, in, in high school and just reading the spark notes. Yeah. Or whatever. And I, I definitely understand just having that kind of convenience because like people are busy you don't always have time to like read an article or like watch a video review or even like we've put up some of our reviews as audio podcasts but sometimes you just don't have 10 minutes to listen to it before you decide whether or not you want to play a game right and sometimes you you just by looking at a game i mean even just looking at the art style of that uh Griftlands is almost enough for me to say yep oh it's only 15 dollars. yeah i'll try it mm-hmm. or same with that uh horus game it's like i just saw it it seems and weird, and I want to play interested. it. Right? Yeah, it, and with it a low enough really price point, cool and kind of, I, I am completely blanking, blanking on the word, but 
it seems neat and like they're trying something new and I appreciate that. Uh, innovative, maybe? Yeah, that's the word. Thank hey, you. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that stuff's cool. I will say there are uh, a handful of indie games that I've bought that were on sale during you know PlayStation flash sales mm-hmm. that I straight up bought just because it was under $10 and it reviewed at least a four out of five stars. Yeah. I didn't click any of the reviews. I just saw the overall rating. I mean, and I bought it. Yeah. Like there's definitely been games that I've like seen the Metacritic score. Like I'm definitely guilty of it myself of where I just see the Metacritic score. I'm like, Oh shit, there's something here. And then well, people start talking about it. And I'm like, fuck. All right. I guess I got to buy this. If I saw in any game, it was only $3, but it only was at three stars. I, I would absolutely, without a doubt, not buy that game because mm-hmm. three stars is it's not the money that's the issue. It's not worth my time. And I think another thing to keep in mind about just reviews in general is like I feel like modern games just aren't really kind of compatible with that kind of review system. Like look at mm, I don't know a game like Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. Knew I'd find a way to incorporate it into this show. <laughs> Destiny 2 at launch is way different than it was now, but people don't really review expansions for something like that, like or a game as a service or a game that may have been just patched completely, like even Fallout 76. Like I think that game was rightfully yeah. panned whenever it came out. There were a whole lot of problems with it, and it seems like they're taking it. some decent steps to address it, and yeah. people still enjoy playing that, and they're like building a pretty decent community. Mm-hmm. Um, like... And I, I mentioned Destiny earlier, but like at Vanilla, that game just wasn't there. It was great. It was great to play, but it the content ran out too quickly. There wasn't really kind of a way to keep playing. They have since changed that. And the game is way different and way better than it has been now. Or just a lot of these kind of you know, games Street as a Fight, service. Street Fighter is still around. And when it came out, it was a trash fire. Oh, it was absolutely it a was trash terrible. fire. It and was reviewed terribly, but from everybody. it's still incredibly popular. Well, because they, they they had enough core people to stick around through mm-hmm. it so that when they finally did fix things, right. there were still some people to be like, hey guys, it's, you know, the water's good over here. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for a lot of those factors, that game could have just lasted a year and they could have pulled a Marvel vs. Capcom and just oh, yeah, right. completely sidelined that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's those are two good examples of a game early on reviewing... Uh, well, Street Fighter was very bad. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was... It was pretty bad. It was, it was definitely mixed. It, it definitely was, wasn't good. Yeah. But it had potential... You know, it seemed like, oh, you know, if they fix this, that, and the other mm-hmm. uh, through some patch stuff, this game will be, you know, better balanced. It'll be quality. But... Uh, the developer straight up said, nope, we're not doing it. We're not bringing it to the uh, to Evo or any of the big tournaments, and we're not putting any effort into the game. So then it was like, are you serious? You had people who were really ready for this game to be something, and they were willing to stick around even though the release and reviews were rough. But you abandoned it, and that frustrated me. I don't even play the game, but mm-hmm. a, a, as a just as a gamer, that was very frustrating. It's like, you know, did they abandon it because the reviews were bad? You know, so like their action was a was a reaction of people's feedback, uh, or was there other stuff going on behind the scenes? The the, res, the end result is the same. It's that um, bad reviews equaled sure no game, the yeah. end of game. And, and I think a lot of that it, it, it is super demoralizing, and I think that it, it it definitely can hurt a lot of people at like a bigger studio. So like the people who did work on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, like that game just died pretty much within a year. 
but yeah like smaller smaller studios or like smaller games like if they review poorly kind of at launch maybe because of some sort of issue or something or if they just kind of get associated with some sort of bug that's very easily fixable or they do Mm -hmm. patch out later on like the damage has kind of been done and that's kind of all people think about whenever they associate it with it um and a lot of people also just don't a lot of people who play video games don't keep up with games like it, right. obviously it's a it is like the industry is smaller than a lot of people realize it's definitely a minority of the people who do play games and <laughs> you know there's a lot of people who still think that the xbox one can't play used games just because that was a big oh, deal yeah right when it was coming out yeah it was a big deal and that just kind of got out to like the i hate using this term but the mainstream media mm-hmm. it kind of just got out of like the little gaming bubble and that people have just latched onto that like the star wars battlefront 2 thing like they've done some stuff mm-hmm. to improve that game a whole lot and a lot of people i know are playing that game still and they enjoy playing and they like the changes that have been made but that damage has been fucking done yeah. you know it's yeah it's hard it's to hard back. yeah absolutely and it once you, you tried it you gotta you gotta try and fix it like before it kind of gets out of the gaming sphere you know but also yeah. there's just a lot of people you, you who have do to keep make up with that stuff but are really nasty and mean about a lot of that and it's really frustrating yeah uh i got two parts for that one is uh the guy sean murray is that his name yeah no man's guy guy. yeah he you know no man's guy had a rough it was bad release it was a bad release time for kind of everybody involved lots of terrible things there i the lie of lots of unpleasant things to say about that but uh they've they've done a lot to improve their game i will say it's a lot better than it was uh and there's even more now than there was uh before and actually the the vr stuff i'm gonna pop back into um i think they're rolling out something to make it more akin to like an mmo style thing soon which sounds really fucking cool cool. that does sound cool yeah uh but yeah it's it's better than it was and the developers developers have stuck with it and much like fallout 76 um the people who are playing it seem to enjoy it and are happy that they made that yeah there was that story going around about how the no man's sky subreddit just raised a bunch of money and bought a billboard by their studio just saying hey thank you like this is really, really? cool yeah it's fucking cool That's like great they just like hey thank you guys so much for building this game that we enjoy so much and like sticking with it we were really happy that you guys did this we just wanted to show thanks and then the rest of the money i think went and like bought pizza for the team too because they raised more than enough for the billboard right. it's a really cool That's cool warm happy thing that you don't see enough of nowadays yeah that's that's encouraging yeah it was really cool uh so sean marie said to some developer don't remember who it was for all i know it could have been like cliff what's his name from uh i think i know what you're talking about and i think it was bethesda uh okay yeah yeah i think you're right it was basically uh hey we learned the hard way if you have a rough launch just be quiet and fix it just yeah they went radio silent for like a year and a half uh, for a long time yeah which was they had it has worked out in their favor for sure totally well you remember uh sean marie's account got his twitter account got hacked right and somebody kept tweeting stuff that was just like oh i'm so sad yeah no man's sky was a mistake was one of them yeah yeah and and then when you found out that it actually was hacked Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh no, this is so unfortunate. Because at first it was really sad because it was like, oh, does he really? F- oh man, right? It, this like, I wish he didn't feel this way about his game. Like, it would suck to be in his shoes. But then to find out that he was hacked and someone made that up was Which just like, kind of worse. I think that's just yeah. like a malicious attack and right. like, it's kick fuck him while that. he's down. No, fuck yeah, that. yeah. So didn't like that. Uh, and he's right to say that going silent and just fixing the problem like completely don't, agree don't tell yeah. people that it's not that bad don't tell them it will get better just fix it and then show them that it's better you know and you, of course you can apply that to a lot more than video games um but i really like that that concept um 
something else about uh, yes. what you said. We had just spoken off mic. I mentioned that I watched a video. Um, well, I listened to some audio. Somebody's talking to a games journalist about um, <laughs> ethics in games journalism oh, and yeah. all this stuff. Right. Uh, but basically, he was asking the journalist, he said, you know, if you see these other people in the industry like slandering gamers, calling them like misogynists and racists and all this stuff, uh, if you if you see that and it appears to be unfair and it ha- you know it's taken over the industry there there's so much of the industry speaking like this if you're one of the good ones why aren't you standing up for the rest of us and condemning that and the journalist basically was like well first of all I don't really read those articles like I have my own stuff going on and I'm just not interested in that kind of writing and number two the games industry is not so tight knit that that stuff is even connected to me at all like yeah we're in the same industry but that does not give me an obligation or a uh you know any sort of want to go in and tackle that like let the fire burn itself out you don't need to run over there and and try to take care of it but the guy couldn't understand that the industry is not just a cabal of people where they're all connected and they all know each other because yeah the industry is like not that big i mean it it's a big industry, a lot of, you know, but, but not all the journalists across the industry just all know each other. I think a lot of them do. They do, but it's, it, it, they're, like they are the ones that I've like talked to and interacted with and know, like they know a lot of people and they've like talked to a lot of people and you have your, like your connections, but sure. I, I, I do get well, what you're what saying. I mean, it's, it's not so this like, like ridiculous cult where they're like planning to be like, all right, gamers suck. We're going to make we're gonna all just agree to label them all fucking racists but yeah i don't know maybe they should stop saying racist shit you (laughs) know maybe they should do that that's a solution to the problem it is but it's Uh. like people assume so it's like uh i just psychology teacher who made this argument i really liked it was it was um there's a natural bias that people have to think that people who are knowledgeable like very knowledgeable about one thing are going to tend to be more knowledgeable about most things. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, if you have, you know, I had a psychology professor. The thing is, he knows a lot about psychology, but other than psychology, he knows about as much as anybody else. Right. As much as his totally. students. But there's an, there's a bias that humans instinctively have uh, with like teachers and mentors and, and adults and parents and all that stuff, that they are just more wise. Like, and then, oh, older people, they are more sagely. They just have more knowledge because they've lived more life. And to an extent, that is true. But, um, you know, it's specific knowledge towards something, not a, not a general knowledge. So what? how does this relate to what we're talking about? It's that journalists are writing about all sorts of things in gaming, but just because they are journalists doesn't mean that they spend all their time reading other journalists' sure. work. They're busy. They do spend some time. You they know? do. Like, you got you to keep that, up with the things that people do. But the, the best I get what podcasts, you're saying. Yeah. I think, are when uh, you know you have you have two or more people talking, and they're pulling from different sources that they individually right. value. Absolutely. If you're either both reading all the same sources, or uh, you were. Uh, so if you were both reading the same, or if you were both trying to read all the sources all the time, it would be totally consuming. Um, and it, that's just not how anybody 
consumes right. that stuff. I mean, like a guy like me might do more reading than your average gamer. I mean, I think both of us definitely do. Because sure. a lot of gamers don't actually care about the industry. They just care about the games. Yeah. Which is totally fair. I right. like movies. I think that's awesome. I yeah. mostly don't care about the industry yeah, at all. I pretty much just watch the Marvel movies nowadays. Yep. You know, TV that's shows. That's kind of it. I, I like TV really shows. Don't watch TV anymore. Don't care about yeah. following actors uh, for the most part. Like I have favorite ones, you know, but um, sure. the behind the scenes stuff, right? Mostly don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people feel that way about games. Totally fair. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, but just because I read more than your average person doesn't mean that I just know all the stuff going out there. And that especially applies to the journalists, where it's you know, like, you know, if you're one of the good ones, why don't you stop these atrocities from happening? And it's like, well. Because I'm also just an average Joe like you. Like, I do write articles, but you could write articles too. And you could, you know, you could be the change you want to see. But, right. uh, yeah, it's just a really complex issue. And uh, with with all the ratings and the connectivity of, of all this stuff, but also the disconnectivity between, you know, the people who write reviews and have been doing it for decades. Sure. And the people who consume them. Or sometimes, like, the people who consume them aren't good consumers, because they don't, they don't understand the context of this stuff. Totally. Um, so yeah, that can be frustrating because you could get like hate mail about something that's just they misunderstood it. Right. You know. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really see that stuff going away I, anytime that's, soon. That's unfortunate, but I kind of agree with you. I I really wish there was a way to better kind of combat any sort of like toxicity in this space towards not just like the game's press as a whole, but also like developers and like if their game doesn't ship and it's like pristine and fucking perfect then it's just it's just weird like people make games people make mistakes that's just how that's going to happen nothing is ever going to be perfect because that just does not fucking exist Mm -hmm. like full stop you know um yeah i i i don't i think we're probably getting kind of close to talking around in circles here yeah so let's go ahead and move on to close out the episode with this week's hero of the week thomas you've got one to present for the the gallery uh i do so uh so i play a lot of apex legends didn't know did uh, not know that yeah we do you want to talk about it for an hour i'm good okay we've been going for an hour uh, and i really have to go to the bathroom why not so. too uh so i play apex and i play on ps4 i'm not actually that good but i enjoy it and i don't watch very many streamers most streamers do not catch my eye because they're real flashy and quirky and doctor disrespecty oh okay yeah i don't i don't want to be anything like him yeah i just that that mainstream even you know pewdiepie just all of them all these ones that seem to rise to the top i'm just like man this is just not for me at all yeah that could be a whole other topic let's just keep moving (laughs) so uh the idea is i don't like watching very many streamers other than people I know personally and a couple journalists and stuff. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, So um, I discovered a guy who plays Apex. He's uh, right now one of the top 15 players in the world according to like the ranked ladder. Um, He... I'll, I'll, you, you know, the same way like when I find if I'm at home cooking I'll turn on his video and uh, he is absolutely insane. Um... I could go on and on, but the point is that he's very good. But being very good isn't enough to be the hero of the week. Uh, the reason I like this guy is because he's very positive. He'll play with people that are like kind of around his level, but I mean, you can you can be a really, really, really good player, but mm-hmm. he's like one of the best in the world, and there's a really big <laughs> skill gap even sure. between those top two sure. players. So it's cool when he's playing with people who 
you know, would mop the floor with me, but you get to the in-game stats and he has five times as as much damage or kills or whatever as his teammates, which makes his teammates not look or you know look not that good. Mm-hmm. But he's always so constructive about it. Like he every time his teammates do something cool, he's just like, "Oh man, that was really good." Awesome. That's um, that's good. I really like it, and uh, because it's so easy to see people when they get really good to get impatient, sure, uh, or to just have a huge ego, and he doesn't have an ego at all, and it's like almost disarming because That's he, cool. he's just he's That's really good. having a really good time. Um, I I turned on a stream. The reason I brought him up today is I popped into a stream today, and he's playing with Stone Mountain. So Stone Mountain is okay. I do know who that is. Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago any gamer on the internet saw his yeah. his video where he was playing like battlefield and stuff where he's like uh role playing it where yep. he's just like i need a medic yep that you know, dude man, yes. down, look out i do remember that going around yeah so that's that's real fun uh so stone mountain is like the only other streamer i follow with any regularity uh but i popped into this guy's i don't even think i've said his name the guy's name is uh matt Matafi, m-a-t-a-f-e and he's he has, on Twitch? Uh, yes, Twitch. And I watch him on Facebook. Okay, cool. Um, he's on a bunch of stuff. He is from Slovenia. Cool. Which is next to Austria. I had to look it up. <laughs> and um, he, uh, yeah, he's very good. So when I popped in, he was playing with Stone Mountain. And it was cool because, of course, uh, Matafee's, and I think I'm saying that right because he has a very thick accent. Uh, he you know has sick ass stats i mean his every game he has like 1300 damage yeah, and it's crazy right. uh but but uh this this next game you know that i watched stone mountain got like a couple super cool plays and the whole time Matafee was just gushing on him he was oh, like oh cool. man that was super cool because clearly stone mountain he while good at the game there was a lot of stuff that he didn't know i mean even when i was watching the stream i was like oh i didn't know you could go up there mm-hmm. i've been playing the game a lot you know so it was cool to to watch one streamer be mentored by the other in such a totally friendly way it didn't seem like they had played before that much right. um so yeah it, it was just really cool i mean it felt like watching friends play together uh, but I really like that that guy's stream just because every time I turn him on, he's always upbeat, constantly. He's not too quirky, um, and he represents all the stuff that I want to see in a professional player. That's cool. Yeah, I really uh, like that a whole lot. It's easy, like I said, to find a player that um, has all sorts of negative yep. qualities. Yep. Because when you get good enough, you uh, you know people will deal with your bullshit. Right. So to see someone who's level headed at the highest level is very cool. Um, I'll, I'll save I'll save the whole story for later. But I looked into his background, and he um, he was on the Fnatic Academy, which okay. is like the backup roster for their uh, main team. He was in uh, in the academy in 2018 after being on this reality show called Gamers uh, Reality Show. So it was basically you put a bunch of gamers in a like an esports gaming house. Oh, um, I think I heard of this. Yeah, yeah. it sounds weird, and I'm not interested it in watching really it. Sounds really bad. Uh, but the first season of it was a huge wreck because that they sounds thought, about right. Yep, they thought it would be easy to manage a professional team. Nope, nope, it's not. Nope. So it super fell There's apart. There's a reason you hire people for that. Yeah. So the for the second season, they hired Fnatic to do all the stuff that they couldn't do, and uh, that's how he got his start. Was on there, and he went to Fnatic, and now he uh, is part of an esports team called North. And uh, it's super cool, man. Um, I'm really into it. Uh, you know, it, it's just nice to see a role model in, in streaming. So uh, go, go check that guy out. One more time. Uh, Matafee. So if you look him up, he's North 
Matafee. M-A-T-A-F-E. Great. So yeah, check him out. Perfect. That dude sounds absolutely wonderful. I might have to pop in one of the streams say hi. It's cool. Uh, well, that's going to do it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you for all for stopping by. If you like what you heard, consider kicking us a buck or however many you want at patreon.com slash heroes podcasts. That'll help the show and network grow to do cooler stuff. We're still uh, looking for suggestions uh, for any sort of Patreon exclusive content. So if you have any ideas, let me or Thomas or the show account or whoever know. Uh, and we will take that into consideration because we want to make cool stuff for you people. Heck yeah. Uh, if you have any questions for us or anything, just go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at GamerHeroesPod, and your submissions might or probably will make the show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Man. You can also find me on Twitch, ooh, at twitch.tv slash <laughs> Exciting. Um, new plug. Excited. Um, you got Thomas over here at TeganNotSarah1. Ya boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all of us, uh, our GGKC stuff can be found on the show's Twitter. The pinned tweet should have a link to where we are going currently, what we're doing. We're doing some changes. We so. are. Uh, and those are very near in the future, actually. Excellent. Um, one thing I didn't talk about before. Yes. I'm not going to get into it, but if you are in Kansas City oh, or in yes. the area mm-hmm. and you are interested in playing World of Warcraft Classic, which drops here in just a few weeks, um, definitely hit us up on social media because we want to get you in the local Discord. We just had our first meet, uh, meet and greet this past uh, weekend and it was super cool awesome so i'm really happy that's working out it seems too. to be really populated and it's it's, it's really really exciting the energy is pretty cool uh the, the discord channel is the first time i haven't played an mmo in months and it feels like a proper guild chat it's pretty that's nice. rad that's really rad uh so for thomas and myself thank you all for hanging out and i hope you have a great rest of your day and an even better tomorrow mm-hmm.